Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Super Tuesday. We'll get to all that in a minute. And a heck of a lot more. But something extraordinary happened today. Nobody's been more critical of judges and Supreme Court justices and decisions than I. I've written an entire book on it. It was my first book. I get behind this microphone and I'm aggressively frustrated and critical of a number of justices and a number of decisions. At no time have I ever threatened a justice or a judge. At no time have I ever threatened a court. That is beyond the pale. The President of the United States hasn't done it either. The Federalist Society hasn't done it. But Chuck Schumer did it today. In a very direct and aggressive way. He was speaking at a Planned Parenthood rally on the steps of the Supreme Court, because the court's taken up a matter involving Louisiana, which that state has decided that the only doctors who can perform abortions have to have hospital privileges within 30 miles of their clinic. (coughs) It's a legitimate safety issue. They don't want what happened in West Philadelphia, some slimeball operating out of a townhouse. Slaughtering women and babies. But this, you need to hear. I want you to hear what Chuck Schumer said, the Democrat leader in the Senate. I not only want you to think about what if Donald Trump or one of us had spoken this way, which would be bad enough. But watch how the media treat this as not even a one-day story, a hit-and-run story. When in fact, it should be much more than that. Keep two things in mind, and I'll explain why later. Chuck Schumer is a lawyer. He's a member of the Bar of New York. And of course, he's a senator. Cut one, go. Over the last three years, women's reproductive rights have come under attack in a way we haven't seen in modern history. From Louisiana to Missouri to Texas... Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women, and they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. First of all. I don't know what awful decisions he's talking about. 
If a woman in this country wants an abortion pretty much at any point, at any stage, she can get it, and it's paid for by taxpayers. That aside, first of all, the court hasn't even ruled. So let's walk through this slowly and carefully, because it's very important. He's intimidating or attempting to threaten and intimidate two Supreme Court justices. That if they dare to apply their independent thinking of the facts to the Constitution and do not come out the way that he insists, that he insists he's threatening them in advance of the decision. If a common citizen had threatened a court or a particular judge or justice the way that Chuck Schumer did, they would be arrested, in my view. If a common lawyer had threatened the court or justices or any judge the way Schumer did, they would be disbarred. They would be disbarred. And I think Chuck Schumer could still be disbarred. Because while the speech and debate clause protects him, he's free to say what he wishes. And the courts have ruled it protects them from litigation. For defamation and so forth. I'm unaware of any decision. That says a lawyer who is a politician who gets elected to Congress is still not subject to the rules of professional conduct in their jurisdiction, in their state, in this case in New York. So potentially he could be disbarred. And that effort should be made, in my humble opinion. You don't get the threaten. I mean threaten. Officials, let alone federal judges, let alone Supreme Court justices, the way Schumer did. Unleash a whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. He wasn't talking about the Republican Party. He wasn't talking about the president and his appointments. He wasn't talking about the Republicans in the Senate. He threatened directly these justices. That's the plain English. You will pay the price. You. He names the two justices. Gorsuch. And Kavanaugh, you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Now, where's the American Bar Association tonight? They're nowhere. Where's the Federal Association of Judges tonight? Any emergency meeting? Silent. Were the 2,000 former Justice Department employees, liberal, Democrat, Trump-hating hacks who signed a petition, concerned that our wonderful Attorney General and President are interfering with a court decision by doing what they're allowed to do as a matter of process and law. Where are they tonight? Where are the legal analysts, Dan Abrams, and his law and crime site, and his mediate site? Where's Jeffrey Tubin tonight? Where are all the former federal prosecutors who line up in a conga line on MSLSD and CNN? Where are they? 
Where's the outrage about direct threats against two Supreme Court justices by the Senate Democrat leader? Where are the law professors? They're nowhere. We'll be looking at the editorial pages tomorrow to see where they are. And of course, where are the Democrats? Condemning Chuck Schumer for the things that he said. Where are they? They're nowhere. Where's Chuck Todd? Jake Tapper? Wolf Blitzer? Where's Hollywood? Where are the clowns who are so-called comedians? In my lifetime, in my lifetime, and I've watched this very carefully, and as I say, my first book was on the Supreme Court, and it was damning. In my lifetime, I've never heard a member of the United States Senate, which has to confirm justices after all, I've never heard a senator speak this way about a justice or two justices in this case on the Supreme Court. Never. Never. What is Mitch McConnell going to do about this? Mitch McConnell is out there trying to destroy Doug Collins right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's all under the radar. If you don't live in Georgia, you don't see it. Because Doug Collins, who's been superb as the House Judiciary Committee ranking member defended the president in an outstanding job. He wants to be a senator, but Mitch McConnell has decided he's not going to be a senator. Instead, they handpicked Rhino Lackey of the governor of Georgia is who Mitch McConnell wants because he controls her. And this is going on all over the country. This is what Mitch McConnell does. He's disgusting. And he's up for re-election in Kentucky. And I would recommend all those Republicans who Mitch McConnell's trying to take out that you fund opposition against him, or you run ads against him. If that's what he's going to try and do, destroy your political careers to prevent conservatives from getting elected to the Senate, I'll be the one that says it. I'll be the only one who says it. Then go after Mitch McConnell. Then go after Mitch McConnell. I don't care what the newspapers in Washington say. I don't care what the conservative think tanks in Washington say. I don't care. But back to Chuck Schumer. To conduct yourself this way, it's one thing to criticize justices. It's one thing to criticize a decision after it's been written. An opinion after it's been written. But Chuck Schumer took the position that he was going to seek to intimidate and threaten as the Democrat leader in the Senate with enormous power. Enormous power of a judicial nominations that he was going to specifically threaten two justices on the Supreme Court about an opinion that is yet to be written, that a case that is coming up through the courts from Louisiana. And he tells these justices, you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward 
with these awful decisions. Well, what's going to hit them, Chuck? Where's the American Bar Association? Where's the New York Bar Association? Where are the other federal judges? Where are the federal judge associations? Silent. Not a damn thing. Where are the petitioners? Nowhere. Where are the media? It's a blip. Just a blip. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we play by the rules, we conservatives, we constitutionalists. Our president plays by the rule, despite what they say about him. They want you to believe that Joe Biden is a moderate centrist. Joe Biden is a liberal wrecking ball. Just because he's not Bernie Sanders doesn't make him a moderate or a centrist. Everything slightly to the right of Bernie Sanders isn't a moderate or a centrist. It's a left-wing kook. Well, plenty of time to deal with, with Biden tonight and well into the future. But I want to know. I want to know if the United States Senate is going to reprimand Chuck Schumer. We control the United States Senate. Mitch McConnell controls it. Yes or no, Mitch? I want to know if the American Bar Association is going to speak out or take action against Chuck Schumer. His statements were public. We know what he said. They're on video and audio. I want to know if the American media is going to continue, continue to dig a hole for itself and bury itself and the free press with it, or whether it's going to stand up to Chuck Schumer. In many ways, these are rhetorical questions, aren't they? Appalling. I want you to listen to this again. This is no joke. Cut one, go. Over the last three years, women's reproductive rights have come under attack in a way we haven't seen in modern history. From Louisiana to Missouri to Texas, Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. How much you want to bet? Despite Justice Roberts putting out a statement, which I'll read after the break, how much you want to bet? that one of these so-called constitutionalist Republican appointees, including Roberts, will now buckle. How much you want to bet that they'll now buckle? And Schumer wasn't done. He said this. Cut to go. We will tell President Trump and Senate Republicans who have stacked the court with right-wing ideologues that you're going to be gone in November and you will never be able to do what you're trying to do now ever, ever again. You hear that over there on the far right? You're gone in November. This man is sick. I don't know what he means by the far right. The far right? Tell me something. 
you disgusting SOB. That's right, I said it. Tell me something, Schumer. Abortion at any time for any reason? Medical care for babies who survive? Failed abortions? Where are you on that, Schumer? Is that a choice, too? You disgust me. You disgust me. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. The uh, Chief Justice of the United States issued a statement this morning. said, this morning, Senator Schumer spoke at a rally in front of the Supreme Court while a case was being argued inside. Senator Schumer referred to two members of the court by name and said he wanted to tell them that, quote, you've released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You will not know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions, unquote. Justices know that criticism comes with the territory, but threatening statements of this sort from the highest levels of government are not only inappropriate, they are dangerous. All members of the court will continue to do their job without fear or favor from whatever quarter. There should be an effort to have, in my opinion, Chuck Schumer disbarred. There should be immediate ethics investigation by the United States Senate Committee on Ethics. And the Republican leader, the majority leader of the United States Senate, should immediately move to have Chuck Schumer condemned by the full body. Now, you watch how these cowards give a speech, (coughs) maybe give a speech, Make a comment, issue a release, but take no actual action against Schumer. You watch. I'll be right back. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools 
It's helping to found Coast to Coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. See, ladies and gentlemen, we're the ones that defend our institutions, even when we disagree with them. Even when we disagree with the individuals who populate them. I want you to listen to me. This is very important. For the Chief Justice of the United States to issue that statement, not a political-type partisan statement that he issued against the president, there are no Obama judges, no. To issue the statement that he issued tells you that the highest judicial officer in the United States believes that Chuck Schumer's threat is objectively real. Is objectively real. What should happen now if there is equal justice under the law is that this matter should be brought in front of a federal grand jury in Washington, D.C. You cannot threaten judges and justices like this. You can't do it. That they're going to pay a price. I even think Judge Amy Berman Jackson would agree with me. Because Roger Stone never spoke to her like that. Roger Stone never said to that judge, you know what? You're going to pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Can you imagine if Roger Stone had said that to Judge Jackson? Can you imagine... If anyone said that to a federal judge, threaten a federal judge. And yet here we have the leader of the Democrats in the Senate. Is he going to get away with this? Mitch McConnell can do something about this. Is he going to let him get away with this? Mitch McConnell's out there trashing conservative Republicans. Challenging rhinos. Like Doug Collins. He's spending a fortune destroying Doug Collins in the state of Georgia. You don't know this. He's backing one rhino after another. He's using the election. He's using the impeachment trial as cover to do what Mitch McConnell always does. Mitch McConnell, they can tell you. Look at this. He's putting all these constitutionalists on the bench. Actually, you can thank Harry Reid for clearing the way. McConnell's a second fiddle. It's okay. He's got a fiddle, but he's the second fiddle. Harry Reid cleared the way. Old, dumb Harry Reid. Look at the profligate spending. So completely out of control. That's Mitch McConnell. Working with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. And so here he is up for re-election. And he's reaching into other states, into their primers, trying to destroy the conservatives. Well, if I were conservative and he was trying to destroy me, I'd be spending some of my money trying to destroy him in his re-election effort. 
<clears throat> let him see what it's like. Or I'd go into a state. I really would. I wouldn't take this crap from McConnell if I were Collins or anybody else. But let's see if Mitch McConnell really believes, really believes in a properly functioning United States Supreme Court. Because if he does, he will take action against Chuck Schumer. Or is the, uh, the boys club up there just a little too strong? They would never punish each other. I am telling you, mobsters don't threaten judges this way. And I'm going to keep pushing this until every damn television station pays attention to it. And again, it's obvious the Chief Justice of the United States thinks this is a real threat. Justices know that criticism, he writes, comes with the territory. But threatening statements of this sort from the highest levels of government are not only inappropriate, they are dangerous. And he's not just threatening the the physical well-being of the justices. That's bad enough. But he's trying to intimidate them. Intimidate them. To rule as he demands that they rule. I don't care about his after-the-fact spin, which he's putting out now. This isn't about right-wingers, you idiot. Schumer. It's about you. He should lose his law license. A grand jury should be impaneled, in my view. They'll say the speech and debate clause. It is not at all clear to me that this is protected by the speech and debate clause. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. This isn't a joke. This isn't all Chuck's going off like Biden every time he makes a stupid-ass comment. Oh, that's just Biden. Excuse me. It's not just Biden. These institutions of government, ladies and gentlemen, they belong to us. They're they're ours. They're not Chuck Schumer's. They're not Bernie Sanders. They're not their playthings. These are the institutions of our government. The Supreme Court is set up by the Constitution. The Chief Justice of the United States, that's his title in the Constitution. Again, we can aggressively criticize what they're doing. Fine. But you don't get to threaten a judge or a Supreme Court justice. And this came from Schumer. Now, is something going to be done about this, damn it, or not? What's Biden have to say about this? He sat as chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee for far too long. What Sanders have to say about this? He's been sitting in the United States Senate a long time. What's Elizabeth Warren have to say about this? She's a senator. Is it okay to threaten Supreme Court justices? You know damn well if a Republican senator had threatened Sotomayor or Ruth Bader Ginsburg their careers would be over. There'd be ethics investigations. There'd be, if they're lawyers, bar investigations, potentially criminal investigations. 
Watch how the Democrats try and dismiss this. Watch how the media do their hit and run. Slap them and move on. Watch how they circle the wagons. That's what they do best. Watch how they try and reinterpret for you what Chuck Schumer says in plain English. He not only says it, he screams it. He yells it. He means it. You're going to pay a price, you justices. You won't know what hit you. If you go forward with these awful decisions, that is, if you don't decide this case the way we say, ladies and gentlemen, John Gotti never did that to a federal judge. El Chapo never did that to a federal judge. We have people sitting in solitary confinement, like Manafort was put in solitary confinement. Because he was talking to people, the judge said, in violation of her gag order. We have judges, this Judge Jackson, who still has a a gag order on Roger Stone, even though the trial's over. He's not allowed to talk, in violation of the First Amendment, in my opinion. Outrageous, this Obama judge. Time and again, none of them have threatened the third branch of the federal government. None of them. And when you're Chuck Schumer, people listen. They listen. And obviously, to release an opinion like he did, a statement like he did, the Chief Justice believes Well, I'll quote it. Threatening statements of this sort. So he agrees it's a threatening statement from the highest levels of government are not only inappropriate, they are dangerous. Schumer's threatening statements are and were dangerous. It comes from the highest jurist in the land. I am sitting here stunned, absolutely stunned. I know so many of these people are low lives. I really do. I know they can't get as l- any lower, but then they do get lower. I know that they hate this country. I know that they hate us. I know that they hate unborn babies. I know that they hate American citizens with their open border policies. I know they hate law enforcement, they hate the United States military, constantly undermining them when they're in power. I know they hate capitalism and success. But you don't get to attack our institutions. You don't get to attack them. One of the reasons that I'm so furious with the phony press is because they have all but destroyed the free press. The government hasn't. No agency or department. They have. They have. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You've heard me talk about the four pillars of education at Hillsdale College. Now, these four pillars or purposes... Learning, character, faith, and freedom have defined Hillsdale's mission since 1844. 
I'd like to focus on the first pillar, learning. Hillsdale understands, as America's founders did, that a proper education is essential to preserving free government. Among other things, young people must be taught about America's great heritage of liberty. They must be taught about how government works and the importance of the Constitution. And they must develop the skills to become useful citizens and the virtues required for self-government. Because so many high schools, colleges, and universities fall short in these areas today, Hillsdale has expanded its mission nationwide. For example, through its free online courses, its free monthly speech digest and primus, and the classical K-12 through charter schools it's helping to found coast-to-coast. Discover how you and your children can learn from Hillsdale College, too. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Over the last three years, women's reproductive rights have come under attack in a way we haven't seen in modern history. From Louisiana to Missouri to Texas... Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women, and they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Absolutely disgusting and very clear what he's doing. Directly threatening two justices of the Supreme Court. And Roberts is right. Very dangerous. How many lunatics are out there? As Congressman Scalise. So at Schumer's direction, his spokes idiot puts out a statement and then a second one. Quote, it was a reference to the political price Republicans will pay for putting them on the court and a warning that the justices will unleash major grassroots movement on the issue of reproductive rights against the decision. That's not what he said. He called them out by name and he said, you will pay the price, quote unquote. You don't know what will hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. He personalized it and he was specific. But then it gets worse. It gets worse. He basically now threatens the the justices. He adds this later. For Justice Roberts to follow the the right wing's deliberate misinterpretation of what Senator Schumer said, while remaining silent when President Trump attacked Justices Sotomayor and Ginsburg last week, shows Justice Roberts does not just call balls and strikes. Now, let me tell you. The president said Sotomayor and Ginsburg should recuse themselves. He never threatened them. He never threatened them. He never attacked them. He said they're obviously partisans. They made outrageous statements against him and so forth. That is not beyond the pale. Beyond the pale is when you say you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. That is a threat. That is dangerous. And Chuck Schumer must be punished by the United States Senate. He must be punished by the judicial system. He cannot flim-flam his way out of this. 
And now he's doubling down by sending out his taxpayer-paid-for mouthpiece to attack the Chief Justice. You can attack the Chief Justice. I question him all the time. But to attack him on a matter like this, where he has rightly concluded that this is a threat on two justices and is more than inappropriate, it is dangerous to continue to attack the Chief Justice after you just attacked two associate justices of the Supreme Court. We're well beyond the question of the independence of the Supreme Court. Do you remember what the media did when Congressman Joe Wilson of South Carolina dared to say to Obama that he was lying at the State of the Union? Oh, you can't do that. All kinds of tradition go out the window. Do you remember when a reporter for the Daily Caller dared to ask Obama a question when Obama wouldn't take questions? He was filibustering. How the media attacked him? This is a million times worse. A million times worse. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'll get to the Super Tuesday stuff. Remember, a lot of it was breaking during the course of this program last night. And virtually every so-called pundit and news person was wrong. I was right. Because I didn't make any predictions. I just said Biden's not done yet. It's too early. And somehow that became profound. Because all these people want to... You know, they want to tell you in advance that what's going to take place. They want they want to outdo one another. I don't play that game. I'm just me. <clears throat> but before we get into this... You're hearing a lot about the coronavirus, and you should. I am curious to know how many people have died in the last three or four months from the flu, Mr. Producer. Do we know? More than coronavirus, right? So why why isn't that told to us? So we have some context. This thing that took place in Tennessee, in and around Nashville... Well, it's getting some attention. The stories that are coming out of here are heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. I want to tell you about James and Donna Eaton. James was almost 85 and Donna was 81. They were church-going people, people of deep faith. And they died together, lying in bed, married 58 years. 
58 years. These tornadoes strike so fast, and it struck at night when people were sleeping. You have to imagine what went through their minds. They had to hear something, even for a flicker. They were found and died side by side on a mattress. They were thrown from their bed with the mattress. The tornado leveled their home. And the Edens were married 58 years. Jimmy Eden, as he was known, would have celebrated his 85th birthday on Wednesday. The Beth... Best earthly example of what a marriage should look like, said the couple's 24-year-old grandson. They showed Christ's love and his sacrifice. They both loved our families through challenging times of life. They were the ones we looked to when times were difficult. They kept us pointed toward God and to be dependent on God. There they are, killed by a tornado. The Eatons were members of the First Baptist Church, Mount Juliet, for more than 40 years. They were active until their deaths. James Eaton often visited hospitals with pastoral care and senior adult pastor David Fallon. He helped with a church coffee bar on Sundays. Donna Eaton, 81, was a retired business manager at First Baptist continue to fill in as needed with office responsibilities. The Eatons represented the very best of First Baptist, Pastor Philip Dunn said. To know them was to love them. You look at a picture of this couple, it breaks your heart. Breaks your heart. And when you read about the others, little kids... Little kids must have been scared beyond belief before they perished. At least 24 are dead and 21 are missing. That's a potential of 45 dead from this tornado. Tornadoes, earthquakes, Hurricanes. Mother Nature's tough. I'm surprised somebody didn't bring up climate change. But these are real human beings, real families. And this is a horrible, horrible thing that took place. We have to sit here and listen to Chuck Schumer. Or the rest of them. America is a fantastic country because of we, the people, because of the generations before us. We pull together, whether our politicians do or not, despite the divisive forces of the media, academia, Hollywood, and all the rest. This is, in fact, a nation of neighbor-helping neighbor. Black, white, brown, red, yellow, doesn't matter. 
whether it's a 9-11 or a tornado or some other horrific event, man-made or natural, as they say. Politicians are constantly trying to rip us apart, some of them. When I listen to Bernie Sanders, I wonder what the hell we're doing in this country. Why are we here? Nothing works. Everything's terrible. People are at each other's throats over race and religion and sex. Then I realize this man's painting a picture of a country that doesn't exist. He's a demagogue. That's exactly what he is. He's an absolute demagogue. This country has no resemblance to what Bernie Sanders is characterizing. None whatsoever. The greatest healthcare system in the world is said to be the worst healthcare system in the world. The most racially diverse and racially tolerant society on the face of the earth is said to be racist from top to bottom. The most law-abiding, ethical, law enforcement, local, state, and federal of any nation, any nation, is painted as abusive, animalistic barbarians. The most magnificent military on the face of the earth that doesn't seek to conquer and acquire is always the subject of their experiments and their massive cuts. People of faith were the backbone of this country, not the secularists, people of faith and their charities. And their volunteerism. And their beliefs in our principles, in our founding. They're the spine of this country. And yet they're under endless attack by the radical left. Which has broken into all kinds of groups and entities. Based on ideology, based on sexual preference, based on God knows what. And these become civil rights now. No matter how bizarre or perverse. We have this coronavirus. The same Chuck Schumer. Who has now threatened and endangered. Two Supreme Court justices. And now attacks the Chief Justice. For telling him. That he has threatened and endangered. The court. We don't hear a thing from him. About the coronavirus. Until one day out of the blue. He comes to a microphone on the Senate floor and attacks the President of the United States, who's been working on this issue for weeks, if not a month or a month and a half. Talks about we're not spending enough, we're not doing enough. And so the same Chuck Schumer and the Democrats who held the Senate hostage, paralyzed, But they couldn't hold hearings. They couldn't pass budgets. They couldn't address the coronavirus, which was beginning to rise and spread in China. Nothing. They take no responsibility for anything. Nothing. 
I just wish that most of these politicians were as good as we are. The people. Because for too many of them, tearing down the country, tearing down our institutions, race-baiting, sex-baiting, changing the citizenry, trashing our Constitution, for too many of them, that empowers them. But look what it does to the country. This is what happens when you put your party first. The progressive movement, like the communist movement, puts party first. The Democrat Party comes before the country. You won't find many Republicans who think the Republican Party comes before the country. I sure as hell don't. Not true with the Democrats. Because the Democrat Party is the vehicle through which and by which they want to control you, control the government, build an even bigger bureaucratic army like Sanders and Biden do. To do what? To hand out goodies? No, ultimately, to smother you. The unsung heroes in this country, whether they're in Nashville or other parts of the country, neighbor looking out for neighbor, family member looking out for family member. That couple in Nashville lived a beautiful life, as so many others have. They won't be known, they won't be famous, they're not rock stars. They don't take a knee during the national anthem. They're not victims of the system. Just good old-fashioned Americans. And they will be missed by their family and their community. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Now, if you're a Levinite, pat yourself on the back because you never thought Biden was quote-unquote out of it because you understood that there's more than three states in the country. And Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada is beautiful and wonderful and so forth as they are, um, are not the only states. And it's way, way early in the game to be writing people off. And, of course, Biden won in South Carolina. Last night he won on a 
like 10, 10 out of the 15 states, give or take. He won Texas. Sanders won California. As big as California is, it's not enough. Look how radical California has become. The state that gave us Reagan, the Democrats vote for Sanders. Happened in less than one generation. Happened in 15 years. As the Democrats go through one state after another with the same model. The same model. To take over the state. Look at Virginia. Six, eight years ago. Certainly was marginally Republican. Now it's not. Georgia's in trouble. Texas one day will be in trouble. So will Florida. Then it's over. Now as for Joe Biden, the Trump people need to keep a few things in mind. He will be painted by the media and of course by his campaign as a centrist, common sense, rational moderate. He's nothing of the sort. But that's how he'll be painted. He never was a common sense centrist moderate. But he lurched even more to the hard left during the course of this campaign. And he must be held to account for his positions. He's not the union candidate. He's not the working man's candidate. Tell me. During the Obama administration, how did unions fare and how did working men and women fare? Not well. He's racking up votes in the African-American community. He will win should he be the nominee, if he is the nominee. He will win the African-American vote over the president. That's not the issue. The issue is whether the president can and will win a bigger percentage of the African-American vote than past Republicans. If he can't, no Republican can. Because this president has made a, an aggressive and concerted effort to adapt and institute policies directed at the minority communities in the urban areas that even Obama wouldn't. By the way, securing the border and controlling illegal immigration is one of them. Is one of them. As for unions, nothing empowers blue-collar workers, whether you're union or not. And most blue-collar workers are not union. But look, whatever. Nothing empowers blue-collar workers, union or not. Like jobs. Jobs. A three-letter word according to Joe Biden, with a negative three IQ. Obama Biden told you that manufacturing jobs wouldn't come back. The president has focused like a laser on bringing back manufacturing jobs, and he's done a pretty damn good job of it. The steel mills are running. The coal mines are running. The oil fields are running. Joe Biden has said that he will embrace the so-called Green New Deal movement. He will embrace the climate change movement and treaty, 
which will destroy all these smokestack industries. It'll destroy our car industry and all the union jobs that go with it. And all the other jobs that go with it. He will destroy our steel mills. He will destroy our coal mines. He will destroy our oil fields. Because that's the attack. The attack is a, an attack on growth. So it is a no-growth, anti-capitalist movement. And Biden has bought into that. He embraces it. Never forget it. Biden also believes all illegal immigrants should get citizenship. So you union members and you blue-collar workers among everybody else, you will be competing with people who came here illegally for your jobs. Does that sound like a guy who stands up for working Americans? Not to me. So this effort to create a narrative by the press and Biden and all the rest of them, to define Biden as some kind of a rational, common-sense, centrist moderate, must be exposed as the great lie that it is. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Today's rates are near historic lows, ladies and gentlemen. Before now, you'd have to go back to 2012 to see anything lower. By my calculation, that's eight years ago. Even then, it wouldn't be much lower, which brings us to a very important point. In no time in modern economic memory have mortgage rates been able to move significantly lower than they are right now. So there's no need to wait any longer. Call my friends at American Financing. Call them tonight. Start on your mortgage refinancing. Be what? Be one step closer to hundreds, maybe even a thousand dollars in monthly savings, all without starting your loan term over. It's a rather simple process that results in a custom loan program that's designed around your financial goals. There are no upfront or hidden fees to pay. You could even postpone up to two mortgage payments. So please take advantage of a free mortgage review today. This kind of money should stay in your pocket, and it can. It's found money. Found money just with a 10-minute call. You shouldn't waste your money on extra interest payments. Here's the number. 888-900-1828. That's 888-900-1828. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. See, Bernie Sanders flails around and makes contemptible statements. He's a liar, as most Marxists are, as all Marxists are. And he has to accuse Trump of being an autocrat and a totalitarian. We've had Trump for three years. He's none of those things. But Bernie is. 
in order to destroy this society, which is what Bernie wants to do. Listen to him. This is, if you're going to read anything, read the Communist Manifesto. It's not that long. Go ahead and read it. You can get it online, I suppose. I quote from it, I believe in a meritopia. Take a look at the Communist Manifesto. And tell me if that's not Bernie Sanders. I expect Chuck Todd to read it. Because Chuck Todd's not going to read it. Or Jake Tapper. Or any of the boys and girls who dress up and play uh, journalist. But here's, here's Bernie Sanders in Vermont last night. Cut eight, go. We have two major goals in front of us. And they are directly related. First... We must beat a president who apparently has never read the Constitution of the United States. Now that's that. That's really ironic. Coming from this clown who embraces the Soviet Constitution of 1936. Go ahead. President who thinks we should be an autocracy, not a democracy. This president does not believe in an autocracy, and he's done nothing to suggest that he does. Go ahead. But second of all, we need a movement and are developing a ah, Shut up, you idiot. Big mouth. But then, he's in Vermont today. I guess he's very comfortable in Vermont. Here's a guy that talks about minorities and all, and the minorities are voting against him. At least African Americans are. Uh, but he claims to represent them in the state of Vermont. We have to look far and wide to find minorities, by the way. Much like where Obama has a home on Martha's Vineyard. Just saying. Just saying. But this was particularly interesting to me. Bernie Sanders in Vermont today, cut 16, go. And there's not been a campaign, I think, that has been having to deal with the kind of venom we're seeing from some in the corporate media. All right, let's stop. Some in the corporate media. You know, Bernie Sanders, I've invited you on my radio show. I've invited you on Levin TV. I've invited you, through your people, on Life, Liberty, and Levin. That's three different media formats and platforms. And you refuse to come. You refuse to come. You have no problem going to Nicaragua. You have no problem praising Castro. You have no problem going to Moscow for your honeymoon. But apparently I scare you. You have an open invitation, Bernie Sanders. As people are listening, tell them. They come on my radio show or my Fox show. Or my Levin TV show. Any of them. Where you will be treated. Civilly. But where we will not roll over. That's for sure. It'll be the toughest interview you've ever had. No question about it. But you're a tough guy. You can handle that. So he can talk about the corporate media all he wants. How his campaign has been treated by the corporate media. But I am prepared to talk to you about the substance of your views and to challenge you. I won't talk about the Nazis marching in France. 
I won't talk about the brown shirts. No, no. I want to talk about you, your ideology, what it stands for, the consequences. And I would think that you'd want to reach millions of people and persuade them to your point of view. But you won't come on. You'd rather rail against corporate media. You'd rather, and and as long as you keep doing that, I'm going to call you a coward. You come on the program, I'll stop calling you a coward. Rail against the corporate media. We all rail against the corporate media, and we have more of a reason to do it than you do. AT&T owns CNN. They bought Time Warner. Comcast owns NBC and MSNBC. We've talked about this. Washington Compost, of course, is owned by Bezos. It was going bankrupt. New York Times was going bankrupt. Until a multi-billionaire, one of the richest men in the world, a telecommunications magnate in Mexico, bought like 17 or 20 percent of it. So, Bernie Sanders wasn't rallying against corporate media when corporate media was trying to destroy President Trump, and still is. And still is. But Bernie Sanders won't come on any of these programs. None of them. I mean, it's radio, it's cable TV, or it's digital TV. That's pretty damn good reach, isn't it, Mr. Producer? Free media. Free media. But then again, Romney wouldn't come on either when he was running. Now we know why, don't we? Of course we do. Now the Democrats and their media mouthpieces like to say that the president is terrified of running against Joe Biden. Terrified of running against Joe Biden? Is this the same president who ran against 16 or 17 Republicans? Virtually every one of them expert debaters? None of them a pushover? He beat my candidate, Ted Cruz, a champion debater. He beat Marco Rubio, Rand Paul, Mike Huckabee. National Review's favorite, big boy. The former mayor of New Jersey. What's his name? Chris, what's his face? Chris Christie. Oh, yeah, I even forgot to put him out of my head. Yeah, nobody could, really. He wiped the floor with all of them. Anybody think he's worried about Joe Biden? I think Joe Biden better be worried about Bernie Sanders. Because a one-on-one debate... With Biden and Sanders, that'll be fascinating, won't it, Mr. Producer? Let's hope there are many. I don't count out Sanders right now either. I think it's more difficult for him. But let's say he he has his way, may I say, with Joe Biden on several occasions. Well, that may take the luster off of Joe. Who knows? And the truth is the Democrats have a tough choice here, either a Marxist or a moron. And I want to underscore another point. For months, as I write in Unfreedom of the Press, for months, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC, New York Times, Post, kept pushing the narrative that there's something wrong with the president's mental state. And they brought in these unethical 
psychiatrists and psychologists. They brought in Bandy Lee. Remember her, Mr. Producer? Is it Bandy or Brandy? Whatever. Bandy Lee. Bandy X Lee. Bandy X Lee. We had her on the program. She made an ass out of herself. She wrote a book, pulled together essays by others who are questioning the president's mental acumen. And we had all these stories pushed by the media about the 25th Amendment. Now, you have to be Helen Keller not to see and hear that Joe Biden is not, he's not up to the job from the neck up, may I say it that way? He's just not. I do not say this to attack people who have illnesses in the least. But this man wants to be president of the United States. He can't tell his wife from his sister. He says he was arrested because he was coming to the defense in a protest of Nelson Mandela. Flat out lies. And by the way, shame on me. The truth is this man has been lying his entire life. This is the other thing they do with Trump. Serial liar. How can we play if I can't believe it? Maggie Haberman, the phony reporter for the phony newspaper, the Holocaust cover-up newspaper, uh, the New York Slimes. How can we trust Trump on the coronavirus? He just lies all the time. Joe Biden lied about his plagiarism as a law student. Lied about his plagiarism as a presidential candidate. This is the third time he's running for president, just so you know. Third time. Lied about graduating the top half of his law school. Lied about getting three degrees. He graduated near the bottom of his class and he got one degree. He never had anything to do with Nelson Mandela and he wasn't arrested. So these aren't, oh, there's Joe. Joe is a liar. A pathological liar. That's who he is. Not the president, Joe. But you don't see this on certain cable channels, certain network news programs. That he's unstable from the neck up. That he is a career liar. Because they want you to believe Joe is a common sense centrist moderate. He's not a centrist modern, and there is no common sense. Period. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, today, hiring can be easy. And you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites. But they don't stop there. They're proactive. With their powerful matching technology... ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and then invites them to apply to your job. And you can even add screening questions to your job listing so you can filter candidates and focus on the best ones. Nobody else does that that I'm aware of. 
And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, you, my listeners, can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N, ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin, because ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. I'm not kidding. We get a lot of wonderful feedback. That's ZipRecruiter Levin, L-E-V-I-N, ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. Okay? Mr. Producer, I cannot open my email right now. The President of the United States has apparently tweeted in response to Schumer. Is that correct? What has he said? Open your microphone and read it to the whole nation. This is your date. He's got to find it. You, you emailed it to me. Well, he failed on his debut. I'm sorry. I caught him off guard. Maybe after the break, I'll go up and find it. Because right now my uh, system isn't working properly. Well, let's try this. To whom shall I speak? Oh, you got it now? Open your mic and read it. What did the president say? It's exactly right. Exactly right. And it's important that they listen to this show over at the White House. And apparently they are. Now, how about Mitch McConnell, ladies and gentlemen? Anybody hear from him? Did you see anything from him, Mr. Producer? Nothing. He's busy trashing Doug Collins, who wants to be a senator from Georgia. Here we have a senator from Kentucky interfering in the Republican primary in Georgia. What do you think of that, Georgia? I don't know where these Republicans are on Schumer. The all out at a restaurant or something? Where are they? I haven't read any statements. I haven't seen any postings on social media. I haven't seen any calling for the guy's uh, ethical head. Nothing. It's really quite shocking. I'm going to continue to hammer this. This is going to be my cause. As is always defending the Constitution, my cause, as you know. Who's next, Mr. Producer? Sirius Satellite Danny in the Republic of Texas. Go. Yes, sir. I was remembering my, uh, my professional responsibility and ethics class back in law school. Are you a and lawyer, taught, sir? I guess you are. Yeah, I'm a member of the bar. They taught, right. sir, that, uh, that if we uh, learn of another attorney who has violated the rules of ethics, that we have a duty to report them. So I'm thinking that all of us who are lawyers should report this to the, the lawyers New in New bar. York. If you're a lawyer in New York, it's certainly something to consider. I can't run a campaign. I can't tell people to do it. I'm just saying... It is what it is. And I, I, I just want to know if all of Washington is going to sit on their collective hands now, even though they do have an ethics committee in the Senate, even though they have grand juries in Washington, D.C. And some jackass legal analyst is going to say, hey, the speech and debate clause, the speech and debate clause. You know, I looked at the cases during the break, certainly the executive summaries, and I'm going to go over them more thoroughly tonight involving the speech and debate clause. And it isn't at all clear to me that when a United States senator leaves Congress, gets in front of a crowd, points to the Supreme Court, threatens members of the court, threatens them by name, that that's covered by the speech and debate clause. That's not at all clear to me. And it's certainly worth testing the limits in this case. Because they can talk about Donald Trump and autocracy, and Donald Trump doesn't believe in the Constitution, of course, That's them. They're defining themselves. But here we have an explicit threat against members of the Supreme Court 
that even the Chief Justice, the highest jurist in the land, has said is dangerous. And it is dangerous. Mr. Producer, play cut one again, please, would you? Over the last three years, women's reproductive rights have come under attack in a way we haven't seen in modern history. From Louisiana to Missouri to Texas, Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Yep. I'll be back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The president has tweeted again. This is a remarkable man, our president, your president, on the Chuck Schumer issue. I'll play it one more time. Because by the time I get off the air and the rest of the media take hold of this issue, they will be spinning and lying on behalf of Chuck Schumer. Again, here's what he said. Go ahead. Over the last three years, women's reproductive rights have come under attack in a way we haven't seen in modern history. From Louisiana to Missouri to Texas, Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women. First of all, first of all, Republican legislatures are not raging a war on women. You maniac, you buffoon. This is, this is what the Democrats get away with. And then there's some suburban... Yes, they are. Absolutely, they are. They're waging a war. Nobody's waging a war on anybody. Go ahead. Taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind. And you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Unbelievable. So the president has a second tweet here. He says there can be few things worse in a civilized, law-abiding nation than a United States senator openly, and for all to see and hear, threatening the Supreme Court or its justices. This is what Chuck Schumer just did. He must pay a severe price for this. 
Where the hell are the Republican senators? Where the hell is Mitch McConnell? Where are they? Will they file an ethics complaint against Schumer? Will they go to the floor of the Senate and pass a resolution condemning Schumer? Will the criminal justice apparatus that goes after the president, his family, his staff, his surrogates, at the drop of a of a handkerchief. Will they do anything about the threats that Schumer made? And again, I want to reiterate, the Chief Justice of the United States, the nation's top jurist, called this a threat and characterized it as dangerous. You can take that to the bank, maybe even take it to the grand jury. So what's going to happen now? Anything? What's going to happen now? I'm quite serious. Something should happen. Let's take a look at this. Biden is supported overwhelmingly by African Americans. Let's see, that would be cut. Cut 14, Mr. Producer. Go. Uh, When you look at what happened last night, uh, even those of us that felt that he was being (laughs) underestimated with black voters. By the way, that's Sharpton in case you uh, missed the the connection. Go ahead. How overwhelmingly he was supported. And you have to give a lot of credit to Jim Clyburn, who has so Mm -hmm. much respect. No, you don't. uh, Jim Clyburn in South Carolina. Nobody else knows who Jim Clyburn is. Biden won Maine, Minnesota, Massachusetts, a lot of states. Jim Clyburn had nothing to do with it. Jim Clyburn helped him with South Carolina. Anyway, go ahead. John Lewis and uh, Clyburn and uh, the late great Elijah Cummings is the one that trans... Well, I know Elijah Cummings had nothing to do with it, Mr. Producer. He's not with us anymore. How would he help? Go ahead. Uh, age lines in terms of respecting the political culture of the black community. You know, there's something to be said for a network like MSLSD that kicks Chris Matthews to the sidewalk. I'm no Chris Matthews fan, but kicks him to the sidewalk. But hired Al Sharpton. You see any disconnect there, ladies and gentlemen? Given Al Sharpton's past given that he's a shakedown artist and all the right. Hey, you don't have to believe me. Read the New York papers. They kick Chris Matthews to the curb, but there's Al Sharpton doing commentary on the election. Barely literate. And it's true. Sorry, it's true. Uh, and uh, MSNBC loves the guy. Cut 16, go. And there's not been a campaign, I think, that has been having to deal with the kind of venom we're seeing from some in the corporate media. This campaign has been compared... Let, let's the- just stop a second. What, what does the corporate community have to do with this? The corporate community. 
Bernie Sanders has been trying to appeal to minorities. As an underclass. Racism, top to bottom, remember? He failed. With respect to blacks in this country, he's failed. Biden got their vote. Just ask Al Sharpton, he'll tell you. It has nothing to do with corporate America. It has nothing to do with corporate America. What an idiot. Go ahead. Virus on television. We have been described as the Nazi army marching across France. <laughs> etc. etc. <laughs> as we come into the last several months of this campaign. They're not the Nazi army marching across France. More like the Russian army. That did a lot of marching in the winter. But like the Russian army, that's more his... That's the way he goes. The Russian army. (laughs) The Soviet army, to be more specific. That wouldn't have offended him. All right, let's take a call, Mr. Producer. Let's see. Who do we... We have Barbara, Buffalo, New York, Sirius Satellite. How are you, Barbara? I'm fine, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You got I it. Wanted, I wanted to weigh in on the whole Chuck Schumer issue, and it it, it, it has actually shaken me. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel... I feel almost as threatened as the Supreme Court justices do, just from the standpoint that I've never in my life heard an elected official issue such a threat. And I feel that we're all so vulnerable. If he can threaten Supreme Court justices so blatantly, what, what's, what hope is there for us? Well, what's going to be done about it? That's the frustrating part. I sit here tonight listening to your show, and we're all outraged. But what on earth can we possibly do? It's, it's not we. Of- we can't do anything. There, there are institutions with rules, and I want to know what they're going to do about it. You and I can't do anything, you know, sitting at home, sitting at a studio, whatever. We can't reach into Washington, D.C. And, and resolve this. The Senate has ethics rules. The American Bar Association has ethics rules. The uh, criminal code prohibits the threatening of a federal judge. And the, obviously the Chief Justice of the United States believed this was a threat and believed it was dangerous. So what are they going to do about it? That's three different institutions. What is McConnell going to do as the head of the Senate? What is the American Bar Association going to do or the New York Bar Association? And what will our criminal justice system do? All of them have a role to play here. And just because it's Chuck Schumer, just because he's the Democrat leader, just because he, through his mouthpiece, is trying to spin his way out of this, and has really doubled down in his attack on Roberts here. The fact is that Schumer threatened our Supreme Court, and he threatened, threatened directly by name, not criticized, two justices and warned them. Warned them that they better not issue an opinion he disagrees with in the Louisiana case. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like this, ever. No, I agree. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, there you have it, Buffalo. By the way, what's the temperature today in Buffalo? Uh, The temperature was around 40-ish. Not bad this this winter, is it? No, we had a very mild winter, and I'm very happy to say that because 
I don't like shoveling the snow. Well, then you're in the wrong place, hate to tell you. But that said, <laughs> that said, we've had a great winter though on the East Coast. A subscriber, and well, I'm thank enjoying you. it very much. Thank you. You say watch Levin TV? Watch Levin TV. Thank you. By the way, we've got some wonderful changes coming there in about two or three weeks. I think you'll be excited about them. All right. Thank you very much, Barbara. God bless you. Bill, Las Vegas, Nevada, the great K-Don, K-D-W-N. Go. Hey, Mark. How are you, sir? All right. How are we doing today? Let me look. Okay. Thank you. Okay. It's uh, 70 <laughs> degrees over in uh, sunny Las Vegas. It's what? 70 degrees in sunny Las Vegas. Oh, man. Now you're making us jealous. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just like to say, you know, I, I follow you. I like you. And I, I love, I got your book in the whole nine yards. And I, and I try to get Thank as much you. out of it as possible. And I'm a union member and I work with SCIU. And I am actually appalled that my union actually sits there and, and is, is saying, you know, Trump's bad, you know, give, give the old never Trump drums. And I'm sitting there going, please tell me what he has done and how he has hurt our union. And like had you, you had just said, what do you think all these people are going to do? They're going to come in illegally. They're going to take everything. And as far as your union contract is concerned, you might as well throw that out the dark garden window because you're free health care. Now you, your bargaining chip for health care just went out the window as well. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Honest to God, Trump is... You want to know the truth? He's a pro-union president. Whether it's the steel workers or the coal workers, you guys in Las Vegas, he really is. Uh, whatever anybody else thinks, that's true. And the and the radical left agenda, which embraces illegal aliens, turns them into citizens, crushes business, crushes opportunity. How the hell is that going to create jobs? You got a president where the unemployment rate is what three point six percent in the country. I'll bet it's even lower in Las Vegas. And, and I'm thinking to myself. What else can he deliver? What the hell else can he do? I mean, we're going to go for a socialist or a quasi-socialist? Why? Why? That's what I ask. Plus, they'll raise your taxes on top of everything else. It's a disaster. Well, you're right. You hang in there, Bill. God bless. And by the way, did you know I'm a union member? No, I did not. I have to. They have a clothes shop here. I have to be a member of SAG. It's not like your okay. union. This union I'm a member of is Hollywood and crap like that. I'm a member of a union with all these left-wing kooks. I'm the member of the union, the same union that Barbara Streisand's a member of. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah. yeah, and, and, and I, I'm New York. I escaped Long Island. I'm afraid, I'm afraid we're losing our connection. I'm a member of SAG, Screen Actors Guild, Mr. Producer. Are you aware of this? I don't know how we got sucked into that union, but here we are. I have no say over anything. Nothing. And they taxed the hell out of me. The hell out of me. I'm a member of the, with this guy Affleck, with, the, with, the, with all of them. I'm a member of the same union. You know what's cool, though? I get all these free CDs or DVRs when they have the Academy Awards, you know? I don't watch movies. I give them to my wife, say, here, here's one, here's another one, because they want you to vote for them, you know? It's a freebie, but I don't watch them, so it doesn't matter. All right, neither here nor there. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, I've been informed when Mr. Producer was reading the first tweet by the president. He's apparently just reading it to me and is, not millions of you. Is this thing on now, Mark? Is it on now? I believe it is. I, I don't know. That's your call. You're the engineer. New um, studio. But we're in a new studio, so he feels a little defensive. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Anyway, uh, he's the best, actually. He's the best. Rich Cementa. Then we have Richie V. Rich Valdez. Everybody's Richie. Then we got our, our man at WPHT in Philly. Richie Z. Richie Z, Richie V, Richie S. No Mohammeds. No Franks, no Ernie's, none of that. All Richies. I'm surrounded by Richies. Okay. Who else should I speak to, Mr. Producer? By the way. On Monday, we're supposed to have a real engineer in the in the bunker here to fix this stuff. Right, Mr. Producer? He was supposed to be here this past Monday. But he got the time wrong. <laughs> so, now I'm nervous. Got the time wrong? I mean, this, this is like fixing, uh, I don't know, this is like uh, fixing Apollo 13 here. We got all kinds of crap going on here. It's been going on for years. I'm reading stuff off my iPhone. I got a printer that's two stories above me. Really? Who shall I speak to? Colorado. Amy on XM, how are you? Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for taking my call. Of course. It's an honor to talk to you as always. Thank Um, you. My comment with hearing humor. By the way, it is an honor to talk to me, which is why sometimes I talk to myself, you know. (laughs) Anyway, go right ahead. Well, my comment was about Schumer. When I heard him, what immediately popped into my mind is he's spoken like this before. Um, If you'll remember when I think it was the president when he first, um, you know, was president-elect, I don't, or maybe newly inaugurated, he went to visit the um, the intelligence community and spoke with them, and Schumer said. Um, apparently yeah. didn't like how the president spoke with them and threatened him. He said, you better watch out, Mr. President, because they can get you six ways from Sunday. You're right. Schumer so, has ins all throughout the bureaucracy, but he makes threats all the time. There's a great piece by my buddy Joe Pollack over at Breitbart where he gives a, uh, a summary of the history of Schumer threatening the courts. 
And uh, I I think Mitch Mc who runs the damn Senate? Doesn't Mitch McConnell, Amy, run the Senate? Yeah. I mean, they yeah. impeached a president over nothing. Shouldn't they at least have a serious ethics investigation? Uh, I mean, Absolutely. and shouldn't they have a vote on the floor of the Senate, a resolution, a sense of the Senate? Mm-hmm. Shortly after yeah. the Citizens United decision, writes Joel, in 2010, you know, Barack Obama attacked the members of the Supreme Court. Obama distorted the case badly, of course. Schumer, Schumer backed him up. Schumer backed him up, of course. So the left attacks the court all the time, but this attack is different by Schumer. This was a personal threat. He named the two justices, and his threat is extremely dangerous. And he's also trying to intimidate them on how they write their opinions and their ultimate vote. He needs to be punished. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Well, we had a hell of a great show Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin with my friend Charlie Kirk, the uh, founder of A Turning Point USA, among other things. Charlie, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks so much, Mark, and thank you again for that. That was so much fun and very, very grateful to you. Well, likewise, we had an absolute blast. Your book is The MAGA Doctrine, The Only Ideas That Will Win the Future. Mr. Producer, go ahead and post them on my social sites to Amazon. Tell everybody why you wrote this book and the, and the fundamental precepts in this book. Yeah, thank you again. I, I wrote the book, Mark, because I was, I was getting so tired of hearing these left-wing pundits on TV telling us why Trump was doing what he was doing. And it, it kind of hit me about a year into his presidency when I was reading one of the newspapers, the left-wing rags, or I was watching one of the TV shows, and I said, I said to myself, they hate him. They hate us. And they, they don't love our country the way that we do. They don't love our republic. In fact, they, they have no appreciation for our history whatsoever. And so I asked myself, who has actually done the work to articulate what the philosophical base of the Trump presidency is. And I believe the MAGA doctrine is, about, is a restoration of constitutional governance back to the people. 
And for far too long, we have abdicated our freedom and our liberty to the ruling class in Washington, D.C. And you've informed you know, me so, so well on this over the years through your writings and your radio show, which is if we're going to have a renaissance of liberty and freedom in our country, it has to start with the citizenry, the sovereign, we the people. And the MAGA doctrine is about listening to the people. It's also about delivering on your promises. I mean, this president very easily could have found some excuse or some reason not to move the embassy to Jerusalem or not recognize the Golan Heights or not tear up the Iran deal or not take out Soleimani or al-Baghdadi. But it sure seems that the president seems to go out of his way to make sure he's he does what he said he was going to do on the campaign trail. And so that's the, the MAGA doctrine. And I believe that the more we're able to learn from this president and this presidency, the stronger the conservative movement will be for future generations. And as you look now at the Sanders, and you look at Biden and so forth, I think the MAGA doctrine, as you explain it for sure, works very well, is very strong when put in the context of what his one of our, his opponents will be arguing, when you juxtapose the two, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the ideology of the left, they make promises that they cannot keep. Trump makes promises that are actually practicable. Uh, you just need courage to institute them. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. And I mean, look, I, I actually, and this is a, a deeper point, but I, I think... It'll resonate with your audience, which is Saul Alinsky in his book, Rules for Radicals, talked about a true radical will pretend to be someone who he isn't. Uh, They will use the symbology and the ethos of a country while they try to be a revolutionary. Uh, Joe Biden is actually much more of an Alinskyite than Bernie Sanders. Uh, Bernie Sanders wears his radicalism on his sleeves. He He says he likes Fidel Castro. Joe Biden goes around saying we need to restore the soul of our country. We need to get back to the founding documents. He doesn't believe in the founding documents. He doesn't believe in the the constitutional republic that has been given to us. And so there's such a philosophical difference between President Trump, who does actually believe in a restoration of the rule of of law, who does actually believe in borders, who does actually believe in liberty and freedom. And you saw that today with – what the left, how the left has been attacking Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh in such a disgusting way. And every conservative out there should smile and thank God for President Trump, because without President Trump, we would not have Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. We would have more people like Sotomayor, more people like Ginsburg on the court that are judicial activists and not constitutional originalists or textualists. And for that alone, President Trump deserves re-election. And Joe Biden would continue the ruling class direction of left-wing justices that do not have appreciation for our founding documents. What makes, you know, there have been a lot of books about Trump, how he became president and so forth, and what might be in the minds of some people. What makes your book different than other books? Well, I I, I appreciate the question. I actually, I, I went through a, multi-century analysis of when has what President Trump is trying to do actually been done. And from my understanding, I don't think this, this book had been written up until this one, which is, has President Trump's trying to renew and to revitalize a country that was almost in managed decline by the ruling class elites? 
And this is so difficult to do, to actually get a citizenry to buy in to, to a restoration of greatness. In fact, if you look at the typical arc of civilizations, or even further, if you look at one of my philosophical heroes, F.A. Hayek, it's much more predictable that a country will go the road to serfdom, that you'll just continue to abdicate your liberty and freedom until you're living in, under absolute tyranny. And President Trump's trying to almost do the impossible. It's only been done a couple times in world history, Queen Elizabeth, uh, Abraham Lincoln, King Justinian, to name a few, to get a citizenry to buy in, to think optimistically, to not ask for more free stuff, to not want to demand more things out of the Treasury, or to covet things from your fellow citizenry, but instead to buy into where you came from. Make America great again. Go back to those ideas of freedom and liberty. And so for that, one of the, that's one of the reasons why I think this book is unique. Uh, it's been getting a wonderful response, and oh, so much thanks to you, Mark, for uh, giving the platform to be able to discuss it. Now, and you're more than welcome, and I just want to make the point, the thing about life, liberty, and living is the guest makes the show. So people are responding to you, and they like what they heard, and they like what you were explaining. So let's go a little bit deeper here. What makes Donald Trump somebody who conservatives can rally around, besides just the fact that he delivers? And why is it so important that he win re-election, uh, given, uh, you know, there's always an election. What's the big deal? We lose this one, we'll win the next one. Yeah, I, I, that's a great question, Mark. I actually think that every election now, because we are in a post-constitutional period, as you and I have discussed, and we have abdicated so much freedom and liberty and centralized so much control to the kingdom of Washington, D.C., and the wise men of Washington, if you will, and I say that in sarcastic air quotes, it's as if, if we misstep on a presidential election now, especially with a media that is so pathologically determined to destroy this president with a deep state government that is so determined to undercut every decision he makes that if you lose, you very well might lose such consequential decisions for the future of our republic. And President Donald Trump, it's so amazing because it's, it's an, he's, he's, an, he's a character that a decade ago you wouldn't have imagined that a billionaire from New York who was previously pro-choice would be the most pro-life president in American history. But he has two words that we use quite often, but we take for granted, common sense. He's naturally conservative because he came from the business world. He's naturally a patriot because he traveled the country and he met with steel workers and carpenters and plumbers and electricians his whole life. And he, more than almost anyone else that I've seen in American politics, also understands that you must put the left on defense. When the left is on defense, we are able, as conservatives and patriotic Americans, to get real things done. He is relentless in making sure that the left is defending themselves into oblivion and actually engaging in culture, media, Hollywood, uh, in academia. And, and for that and that alone, conservatives should be rejoicing that we have a president that is willing to look beyond the important battles of public policy beyond the important battles of judges, which what could be more important than that, but also engaging in the culture. And the president has been so heroic in this sense, and I think all your listeners would agree that we as conservatives have been winning politically for the last couple decades, but losing culturally. And as the great Andrew Breitbart told us, politics flows downstream from culture. Bernie Sanders is an after effect 
of a broken culture. And engaging in that and waging war against the left where it matters, that's how long-term we're going to take our country back. Who do you think, if, if, if either, the president would have more difficulty running against and defeating? You know, Mark, I'm really glad you asked that question because I, I might have an I might have a minority opinion here, but I would much rather run up against Joe Biden than Bernie Sanders. Um, I would much rather run up against corrupt and clueless than free and authentic. And especially with the target audience that I deal with, college students, I, I said this today and it made some headlines. I think Donald Trump could win the youth vote against Joe Biden. I really do. Joe Biden is, was the most corrupt vice president in American history, even more corrupt than Ciro Agnew. He sold the office uh, through his son, a proxy, uh, for cash to the Chinese and the Ukrainians, and many other family members enriched themselves. Joe Biden is clueless in the sense he confuses his wife with his sister and what day the primary is on or what state he is in. Uh, and also, he has no ability to galvanize the base of the Democrat Party. So here's a thought exercise for your audience, Mark. Do you think it's more likely that Biden supporters would end up voting for Bernie Sanders eventually or Bernie supporters would end up voting for Biden eventually? Mm -hmm. I would make the argument it's much more likely that Bernie supporters will not support Joe Biden. In fact, they might stay at home or some of them might actually end up voting for Donald Trump because of their sympathy with him on being anti-establishment and some of their feelings on immigration or trade. And there's been data to reflect that. Um, I embrace the battle against Joe Biden, as surprising and as stunning as it might be. His perplexing political strategy of losing everything up until no one is around is something that will go down in the history books. But I, for one, would much rather run up against someone that is so corrupt and has been a lifelong political loser than someone who's trying to build a political movement around Marxism. And one final point on this, Mark, and you and I agree on this, I do not want to have to go through six months of cultural validation of someone who is an outward Marxist. Mm -hmm. I do not want to have to watch on every single news cycle a convention around celebrating outward socialism. Joe Biden is a quiet socialist, absolutely. But Bernie Sanders is a new threshold of celebrating that Marxism. And so... For that, I would much rather run up against Joe Biden, and I think President Trump's going to do very, very well. I, I agree with you, obviously, 100 percent. And I, I think the danger in Sanders is not just a potential win, and there's always that. But it is in the months-long uh, exposure mm. through a sympathetic media of an ideology that is diabolical, that can destroy this nation. That's the problem. Yes. Yeah. All right, my friend. And that is not talked about enough, which is the young people that are 14 and 15 that will be having their first political exposure and seeing as if this is the new norm, that mark, outward Marxism and anti-Americanism is a new political norm. And I don't think that kind of validation or that new baseline for a political party in our country is anything conservative should be celebrating. Tell everybody quickly about Turning Point USA, and if they want to learn more about it, where do they go? Yeah, thank you, Mark, uh, for mentioning that. And I want to make sure your audience knows we gave you the Lifetime Achievement Award at Turning Point USA. Thank so you. So well-deserved a couple months ago. Turning Point USA, we're the nation's largest conservative student activist organization on over 2,000 high school and college campuses across the country. To put it simply, uh, we are bringing the battle to the left on college campuses. We are making the left play defense 
we we play offense with a sense of urgency and we're in, we're involved every single day in this culture war. We know we're going to be the intellectual and ideological minority, but it's long overdue that we put the professors and the administrators and the leftist intelligentsia on defense against their horrific ideology. And the great book is the MAGA doctrine, the MAGA doctrine, the only ideas that will win the future. You can go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. It's posted. You can go directly to Amazon or any major bookstore, but I encourage you probably to get it online so you can have a copy tonight. It's a very, very compelling and uh, and unique book. It's not like one of the others. It really is a breakaway. And I want to thank you for writing it, my friend, and we'll talk again. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you, too. It really is a terrific book, folks. The MAGA Doctrine, the only ideas that will win the future. Amazon.com or Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. You know, the New York Slimes endorsed Warren and Klobuchar in the Democrat primary. I guess they failed again. We only have a minute left, ladies and gentlemen. We have a lot going on in this country and a lot to talk about in the future. But here's the thing. I know you get down from time to time. I get down from time to time. But we did win the presidency. We still hold the Senate. Things aren't perfect, but things will never be perfect. And you got two people, one of whom is likely to be a Democrat nominee, that's for sure, who are very weak, very weak. If we had to pick two candidates, one of whom the president would run against, these two are perfect. We take nothing for granted. We fight like hell. But they are what they are. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I hope to see you right here. On Levin Radio tomorrow. Please join us. Thank you and God bless you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.